Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 16 of the Flamingo Sundays podcast. I've got someone in front of me with a glowing smiles. Um, I would say she's the queen of uh, the queen of teeth whitening, Alison Egan from Sparkling What Smile. Welcome. Thank you for having me. No worries. I'm so excited to be here. And it's World Smile Day. It is World Smile Day and you're dressed in Prada, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's a match. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? Huh? I know, I know. So I think... Alison, for the, the few people who may not have heard your story, um, how did you become the queen of, of, of sparkling white smile? <laughs> well, it's funny. I didn't even call myself the queen of sparkling white smile because... There's, you just got something deep down where you know you are the queen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it kind of just started. Like, no one did it when I started. So I, I didn't have anyone else with competition or it was just Alison that did teeth whitening. I was a little side girl would rock up to your house with my little teeth whitening kit and just whiten your teeth but right. it would it became like a passion of mine and then yeah from then on it just grew and grew and grew and before I knew it I had all these people wanting me to train them and I was like me train you like do I even know what I'm doing and at the time when I first started I had a dentist who essentially helped me um showed me everything to do and showed me the the ways of doing it and now i look back and i'm like oh my god it was so bad i probably have burnt so many people's gums <laughs> so many people's teeth because there was no rules around it and yeah. then as going back seven years ago the regulations have completely changed now you know it's very regulated um back then when i first started you were allowed to use 30 percent peroxide using 30 percent peroxide on someone would dye your hair these days like that's how really it's it's beyond and now it's at six percent so you have to dumb down what 30 percent peroxide means 30 percent peroxide let's just say it's the strong <laughs> imagine having yeah, so say you dye your hair at 30%. Right. We're putting that on your teeth, right. in your mouth, on your gums, with no gum protectors. Like, going back, we just had no rules. There so essentially what it was doing was burning your teeth white. Literally. <laughs> it was making them really white, but they were right. so sensitive. I look back and I have clients that I've had for seven years. And, like, we laugh when I go to their house. I'm like, how have you still my client? You know, but then within, like, a year or so, it started to regulate um, yeah. and at that time, a year later, they said 6% peroxide. I was like, 6% peroxide, I'm not even gonna be able to do business. But then you realize that 6% peroxide is so much more healthier for the teeth. You can do it so much longer. And we actually developed a company from that. So I was so happy that they regulated everything. So they essentially one-fifth what you were, you were doing previously, yes. right? So how do you just come about and go, hey, I wanna, I wanna whiten teeth, you know? Like yeah. you don't just get home one no. day and go, you know what, I think I'm just gonna whiten my teeth. Was it was it because you didn't have white teeth or was it's it like- exactly what it is. So right. um, I was studying to be a nurse. I wanted to be injectables, um, knowing me, I wouldn't be good at being in injectables as a nurse because I would be like, don't do it, don't do it, don't go too much in lips, whereas I wouldn't make any money. So what's the point of even doing yeah. it? But um, that was my career and I was doing mental health nursing at the time. Um, and it was very hard. So I was working at St. Vincent's Hospital, going to like Mars every day. Like, you know, you're injecting methadone into clients. You're dealing with like HIV. You're dealing with like the... the the community that's very, very, very rough. And, yeah. um, and you know, being that person that's always been glam and <laughs> you can understand, I was, it was... You wouldn't really fit in. It was not that I didn't fit in. It was just... Methadone on your the, Prada doesn't work, right? <laughs> No, it wasn't that I fitted in. I just had, you know, the nurses and the, they were saying, you can't be you at work. And right. I'm thinking, yes, I can. Like, this is who I am and I have two ears and one mouth and I'm still going to do exactly what it is. But it was just a different world for me. So I was like... 
I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to go into cosmetics. Um, but, but one night I did have a dream that I had really white teeth. And I went to work the next day and I looked up teeth whitening and I was on, you know, $1,000 a week or $600 a week. And I was like, I can't even afford teeth whitening. It's way too expensive in the dentist. So I kept looking it up and I'm like a real researcher. I love finding things and I won't stop until I find the best deal. And, um, and then there was something happening in Germany. I think it was Germany or London. Right. And I was like, they're doing cosmetic teeth whitening over there. So I looked into it and... There was no such thing as mobile teeth whitening, but there was like it was happening in beauty salons. So, so you'd go in there, yeah, sit down, yeah. they'd whiten your teeth, right? Okay. And that was just like a cosmetic kind of thing, and it was not big at all. I looked at it in Australia, and I think there was like four or five beauty salons doing it. It wasn't like it was so small, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna buy the stuff and I'll bring it all over and I'll see if it works. So, and this would have been early days of Instagram, right? This was even before Instagram. So I was probably 20 at the time. Um, me and my girlfriend, well, I, I bought it all. And then my girlfriend was with me the day it got, all got delivered and we started whitening each other's teeth and it didn't work. It completely didn't work. (laughs) The light broke in my face. So I'm on emails, you know, going off at this guy who's just sent me something dodgy Anyway, I was like, no, nah, I'm not giving up. I actually really enjoyed it. But what we did is her and I, we had like Snapchat, Snapchat at the time. Yeah. And we were just like Snapchatting it, and everyone was replying saying, what are you girls doing? Like, what is this? And I'm like, I've started this teeth whitening business. <laughs> not really haven't, but you know, I was telling everyone <laughs> I have. And, um, and then on the Saturday, I got my first two clients. So these clients called up and they're like, hey, I want my teeth whitened. And I'm thinking, you want your teeth whitened? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So I looked up my sheet of paper that had like step by step um, and she's like, oh, where do we come to? And I was like, oh, I don't like, oh, I'm like, I'll come to you because I, I didn't have anything, you know. So this is literally you've uploaded something to Snapchat. People were like, this is so cool. Yeah. And they rang you and said, can you wipe my teeth? Yeah. Right. And like at the time, like I was still so angry that the lights had broken, but I, I did get like four or five lights. So there was like one light that was broken. So right. I had a few extras. And then so I said, oh, OK, I'll come to you. I went to this client's house and she ended up knowing the girl that Snapchatted with me. And I was like, oh yeah, I've been doing it for years. I literally was like so confident. I was like, I know exactly what I'm doing. And these teeth came up so white. Like really? I can't even explain to you how 30% white. 30% peroxide? 30% peroxide, no burns. So I, was, <laughs> I had it, I had it under, under wraps. But so they came up so white. So then they started posting and then it just kind of like every night it kind of started to grow. And it was just growing at a rapid race and I was working from in, as a nurse from 4am in the mo- morning to like 12 and then I would finish work and then I would, at 1 o'clock I'd start until 10 o'clock at night. So I was living this like crazy life, um, loving what I was doing, loved the teeth whitening, it was just growing so fast. And then... And how did you work out what to charge? I just- didn't, I just... I just put $100 <laughs> on it. Like, it was right. just like, oh, well, I know that I'm making some type of money. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even about the money. I just loved what I did. And because the mental health side of the thing was so rough and so hard, it was like going to teeth whitening and you're just like with people. Right. So you're enjoying the whole atmosphere. You're enjoying like people's stories. And So you're saying from being in nursing and dealing with people that, you know, have a lot going on, yeah. it's tough on your mental health. And yeah. Then you'd get out of that and go into something you would love and it was sort of offsetting it too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. And, you know, just enjoying it so much and it happened like that for probably two years, just me in the business. And then I was like, okay, I better start looking for someone else to help me work here. Yeah. But 
I was so nervous about hiring other people because I'm like, no one can do it as good as you. And I'm thinking, you need to lose that as a like as a person because people can't do it and you need to train them as well as that. And then I found a girl who was a nurse and her and I, we were working 16-hour days. I'd quit my job and we'd working 16-hour days. And she's actually works, she work in, she's come back to the company now. And I just have so much respect for somebody that, you know, grew it with me. So, yeah, yeah that's pretty much <laughs> So that was it. A few Snapchats here and there. And then before you know it, you've got a teeth fighting yourself. <laughs> Apparently it's that easy yeah. these days. But... So it's sort of like jump off the cliff and then build your parachute on yeah. the way down. But it, it, it's, you know, it was 16-hour days, seven days a week. I didn't have from the time I was 20 to 25, they were, I didn't enjoy that time because all I was doing was working, working, working. So, you know, all my friends are going out partying. I had to, I was at home and well, I was finishing work at 10 o'clock and yeah. too tired to go out. So I did miss that, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, so the sacrifice is well well worth it. Yeah. So, I mean, and then you built it to, to where it stands essentially today, which is how many technicians have you got with you? And I honestly couldn't even give you a number, but there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, over 50, probably close to 100. We yeah. do hire, we've just hired another eight this week um, across Australia. We hire pretty much every two to three days at the moment. Um, we did go into the franchising side of things. We got up to 30 franchises. Right. Um, and then, you know, franchising's been really well. Um, we, we've owned a lot of our franchises ourselves. So we yeah. have like company franchises and then we do have franchises as well. But yeah, like we are seriously hiring at the rapid race at the moment. And is that because there is so much demand for teeth whitening? Yes. Right. So much demand. And it's incredible. Like we we don't overcharge. We don't undercharge. It's a very, you pay for what you get. And I've always been a big deliverer on that. Um, it's a two hour treatment. So from from what I've seen online, I've never had it done myself, but it actually looks like a bit of an experience, right? Yeah. There's a lot of girls or a lot of guys get together and they set up some deck chairs in their house and <laughs> they get their go. teeth whitened. Right? Yeah, it is. It's like a party when you go there. So you know, you gather all your friends, yeah. and when you normally get to the house, they normally have like a cheese platter and they've had some wine. And I always say this is the last time you're having wine because <laughs> for three days there's no coffee or wine. But it's a real experience, and that's what I wanted it to be. And when I when I was growing so fast, it was at the point where I could either go to the salon side of things or keep doing it the mobile. And I was always about data like growing in the business. So I really wanted to listen to my clients. Yeah. And I was and a lot of them were saying like, yeah, you can go and do the salon side of things, but we want the mobile service. That's what the experience is. And a lot of our clients, like when you're having their teeth whitened, they're they're not wearing, they're not glam because you know they're having their teeth whitened, and they might have a bit of saliva here and there, so they don't want to be seen on the main street yeah. at a beautiful salon. They want to be at home. So I really listened to that, um, and yeah, the, we created the group bookings. So all of your business now is essentially in home. You go and visit them in their home or in their office. Yeah. Sit them down or lay mm-hmm. them down and then... We do have like, obviously we have head office um, yeah. and we do have salons that we do collaborate with and they ask us to go in for the day. Yeah. Um, and I still to this day think about maybe putting salons one day and having like the two options, but it's... I don't know, like this, the mobile business is just so strong for us and majority of people want mobile, like mobile teeth whining. Yeah, makes sense. So Okay, um, so 
I guess as the business has grown, you've probably learned so like you, you essentially were a young girl doing Snapchats to all of a sudden starting a business. Like yeah. talk to us about that process, like hiring your first staff and then hiring multiple staff and then building yeah. systems and processes to actually run a business mm-hmm. is, you know, you don't just fall into that. It's, yeah. There's a, I guess, a process to go with that. So how did that all come about? Like, did you have mentors that led you along the way? Sure. Well, as I said, I was very young. I was yeah. 20 when I started, 21 when I started. So... I had to have two ears and one mouth. I did have to listen to a lot of people um, and and take as much knowledge as I wanted. But I did ask for a lot. Of, I did ask for a lot of help because I knew that I didn't know everything. And one of my best features was to understand what I was good at and what I wasn't. Like my my good my good qualities and my bad qualities. And yeah. what I really did at the start, I said I'm, I know that I'm really good at teeth whitening and like I'm very hands on. I come from a nursing background, so like very creative. Yeah. Um, but I, I did hire everybody in the operations because essentially I was like, I can sit on the operations side and I can make sure it runs, but I need to be the leader. Yeah. So I really, really was strong in that. And I it did cost a lot of money. Like at the time I was living off $80 a week. <laughs> I had no money. Everyone's calling me a millionaire and I'm like bloody struggling to pay my pay my staff. Yeah. And, um, and But what it did is it, it really helped with the processes and I put a lot of trust into those people to make sure that everything I hired everything that I wasn't good at yeah and I think that's what really really grew my business at a core because then I could be on the front line and be the, the face of the company that what was where I needed to be because you are a people person right like yeah. you have that you know bubbly personality and you probably make people feel very comfortable when you go into their homes yeah so it sounds like you were self-aware enough to go this is what I am great at and yeah. this is why I'm not so good at and then outsource that exactly okay and then I have like I, I, I hired I had three mentors at one stage I had well, I was moving into the franchising side of things and the franchising actually took a year and a half to get up and running. Yeah. Any lawyer that's listening to this will probably be like, it takes two weeks. But for me, it didn't take it didn't take two weeks because I was so young and I don't like to sign or anything until I know what exactly what I'm doing. So I wanted to know every single clause that was in my franchise agreement. I am not a saleswoman. I have no idea how to sell. But, need some training from the guys. Yeah, I'm going to need some <laughs> training. But what I do know is I, I, I can sell on like my purpose, on my values, on my, like being real. And I think that's why we grew so quickly was because I had no idea how to sell. Um, But the franchise agreement, it was all about, I knew exactly what clause was in it. I knew exactly what was step by step. And that's what took me a year and a half to get, to get up and running. It also, I was, I had to have manuals in place. I had to figure out everything from the start. So writing the manual, I'd finish work at 11 o'clock at night and do it myself. The first website that I had, I had no money. So I had to like go and make my first website that was through YouTube. And I think it was just a lot of reading, a lot of looking um, and a lot of listening to people, to be honest. Because when you franchise a business, like you said, essentially what someone's buying is the instructions to a business right you have to literally step them out step by step by step this is what mm-hmm. happens when you do y and when this happens you do x and yes and so- you also then have to then you also have to sell them how to be a businesswoman because like normally operations in a in a business will run all that and all you have to go and do is the staff side of things but they're buying the business they're buying the operations they have to be the technician and they also have to be the businesswoman so you have to teach them all that as well and I look back a little bit and I'm like, uh, it's a little bit hard because you look at McDonald's and you look at big franchises, they actually sell to um, only business people and then they're not allowed to work in the company. Whereas with me, I was selling to 
younger girls who wanted to be businesswomen that also had to do the teeth whining. Yeah. So they had to be like on 24-7. Yeah, that's a very, very good point you make because yeah. people like McDonald's are, are, are very, very picky with who they choose. Sure. Most of the owners of those franchises are people who have run successful businesses or yeah. you know been heads of companies and mm-hmm. they have to go through this Multiple. huge process, jump through hoops to prove to McDonald's they're capable of doing so mm-hmm. and then actually not work inside the business. Yeah, so what you're saying is completely right. Yeah. A lot of these young girls would, would want to be in the business because they look up to you and go, I want to be like Alison. Sure. And they've come out of it and be like, oh, now I've got to run a business, I've got to have white teeth, I've got to actually <laughs> got to go and find business for myself. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have P&L ready tomorrow because she, <laughs> she wants to see that. And I think that's where the business can be a little bit of a struggle, but it, it hasn't been bad at all. But when I look back and I think, oh my God, it is so much easier for friend businesses to do franchising where our business has done so well and we've ha- we've sold off to so many young girls who have given so many opportunities to so many young people that have also learned how to do business on the way as well. So, yeah. you know, the last five years of me doing franchising has been a lot of teaching and showing and, and a lot of people would buy a franchise expecting to be successful tomorrow. But you buy the name and you buy the you buy the name and you buy the procedures. What you do in your own. It's like how good can you cook the cake? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So Again, like teaching has been very, very, very interesting. Yeah. Let's 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 pause that there, yeah. the business side of things. Let's go back to Alison as a young girl. Like, where, where did you grow up? Where did this like entrepreneurship come from? <laughs> I grew up in the West. Um, I'm a Westie too. <laughs> Whereabouts? Me, uh, Wilberforce, the suburbs called, which is oh near, yeah, you know Richmond. Yeah. yeah, come on. There we go. <laughs> my... We've made it to the bay. <laughs> God help us. I know. Uh, my family is from well. They grew up in Quaker Seal. Right. And now they're actually all in like Riverston. Okay. So yeah, I know exactly where you're from. But um, my dad was a very hard worker growing up. I actually didn't see him. Was he an employee either? Uh, no, he was. He owned a building company. Okay. Um, but he he was never home. And I and I always used to think, why isn't dad at my swimming coach or my swimming carnivals and stuff? And it wasn't until I actually started my own business that I have the utmost respect for my father. Right. Because he has just worked and worked and worked and I realized that that's what you have to do to be successful yeah especially when you got children right yeah exactly right so do you think that's what I guess influenced you to want to be a business owner because it sounds like you went into nursing and then yeah. wanted to get into cosmetics like the injectable side of things but not necessarily be a business owner more yeah. you know work for the man essentially I don't think it doesn't it does come from that when I was growing up, I was very like sporty. Um, I was the biggest tomboy you wouldn't think of looking at me right now, but um, very sporty. I loved swimming and I loved football and I loved netball, um, but I was always the captain. Right. And loved you know running and being the leader of that kind of stuff. But I was never like I was always very humble in what I did. But yeah. It just yeah. You just knew you were the king. <laughs> no, 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 in the most humble way possible. But it was always like I just loved sport. I loved competing. I loved competition. Right. It was, and you think that's where the entrepreneurship sort of stemmed from? I think so. As I said, it kind of just teeth whitening. It just happened organically. Yeah, it literally was never. I never sat sat there and wrote a business plan. With the new businesses that I've got now, they've got serious big business plans. But looking looking back at um, Sparkling White, I think there's nothing. I had I didn't even have a manual. I find that so fascinating yeah. because, like, you know, you listen to podcasts, for example, you have mentors, and like all, everything they say is you have to plan. You know, without yeah. planning, you, you're going to go nowhere. And mm. you, like, it, it, it's so fascinating to think that you literally 
sort of fell into this yeah. and your passion is the thing that grew that business. Exactly. And you learn along the way. Yeah. Which is... And I took every opportunity. So, you know, a lot of people would look at the financial burden that it would take on you and I was like you know what that was not the that was not where I went it was literally like if someone offered me something I would be like oh my god let me go and do it or I would happily go and pay for you know big PR I'd happily go and pay for campaigns and it, and it was growing and it was growing you never know how much it did for you you'll never know but um, it was worth it it was very much worth it and for every single client that I had so growing the business I would literally do one complimentary treatment and one paid client, one complimentary, one paid. So it was always like growing and growing and growing and growing. And a lot of people wouldn't do that. But I think in early days, if you want to start your business, you have to get out there and work for free. Yeah. And I think you're obviously very, very good at what you do as well, right? So you can give someone a complimentary treatment, but if you shoot at what you do, then yeah. you're only going to give them one and they're not going to come back. Exactly so right. I think the fact that it sounds like you, sure, they had to pay you for one, but it, yeah. it sounds like you appreciated that clientele and that business enough that you thought, you know, yeah. one, one free treatment is not going to hurt me. Exactly right. And I knew I didn't make them sign contracts and say like, you have to post on Instagram because I'm like, if they don't, it was organic. So yeah. if they liked my business, they would naturally just post for us and they would give a really good feedback. And what it actually did is it, it created people's, it was real. And to create teeth whitening, a lot of people would think it's, it's so easy to fake it. It's so easy to put a, um, filter on that make the teeth white and i was like i am not that person i yeah. am very real at all of the technicians that came on board with us i said if anybody ever puts a filter on the teeth we have a filter app that we can see what's been filtered and we will literally won't have you on Is our team yeah, yeah. So you yeah. Have a filter app. we do to make sure that none of them are none of them are fake because what i've always wanted to be authentic and yeah. I wanted to be real and I didn't want to go to someone's house and be like, why doesn't it look like that? Yeah, so right. that's that's where I went and it was very real. Everything was about it was real. If it was, you know, filtered, I didn't want to borrow it. Right. I love that. Then you're obviously growing a business, like you've said, and it's happened so rapidly. And obviously when you're growing so rapidly, there's I'm sure there's a lot of capital that goes into that, right? And, sure. And when a time like now comes, COVID, that would yes. have been a massive shock because oh, it would yeah. have come out of nowhere. You know, the week before mm-hmm. you could have spent $50,000 on PR and the next week, yeah. <laughs> it's you've... true. It's very true. And, you know, you have a lot of overheads, um, you have rents to pay and you have a lot of staff. So I remember COVID was on, yeah, just after my birthday, I had gone away for the weekend and that was my first time that actually went away. I'm so happy I went away because didn't know what I was actually coming back to. Um, and I turned my phone off for the weekend and I remember turning my phone back on on Monday and my phone blew up and I had all these things going on and I was like, oh my God, I should never have gone away. What is going on? You went to the, where was it? I, no, I remember <laughs> yeah, I went, went to the Wit Sundays. So. Yeah, that, yeah, literally my first holiday in seven years. Yeah. So, um, so I was come back and I remember walking into the office and I said to Jason, what is going on the whole business is about to get shut down we are going to have to move like i'm like what's gonna happen with all the franchises it was a million things going through my head and also i had 30 frantic franchises so what i did is i i pulled away and i was like it's going to be all about logic it's not going to be about emotion right now because we've all got to get through this together and um, support was the best thing i could have done and what we actually did is we got through it very well because Number one, we actually came back as a company and we looked back at what the purposes of the company was and what we, why we all started and 
what is the reason why we want to get through it? How are we going to get through it together? And we really did. We really did. The financial side was fine. We were able to look after ourselves for the, the, the six months and we would we were fine by that, which was very lucky. A lot of companies haven't been lucky in that aspect. Yeah. But, you know, we had to get rid of PR. We had to get rid of all of our ambassadors. We had to, we had to seriously cut through. And my main priority was to keep short, to keep all the staff alive. That was, I didn't care about an office. I didn't care about, you know, having clients. I just wanted to keep those staff. And right. they, I didn't care about a wage. I was like, don't pay me. I still haven't been paid since seven months. Yeah. Okay. So, so, I mean, like, I'm sure there would have been a lot more to it than just, yeah. oh, yeah, we got through it. Let's go back to the purpose. Like, talk yeah. to us about and then, you how know, you managed it, right? Yeah. Because, like you said, there would have been a lot of cost cutting. Yeah, there, there was. would have been a plan because it was meant to last a lot longer than what it has actually lasted, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, like, how, how in depth did you go and how, um, so how did first, you get through that? I guess that anxiety. Yeah. So first things first was looking at the company as a whole and seeing what did I, we didn't need right now and knew that I needed the staff to keep going and everything else was a bonus, was an add-on to the company. So that was the first thing that we cut through. And then I also looked at our operations team and I was like, to, it's very, it was, it was like a team where, excuse me, it was like a team where I was like, I, I want to make it better. This is the time where I have the time to give these guys 120% of my time. Yeah. So we kept all coming into work or we didn't come into work, but it was on zoom and we were focusing on the business plan for when we come back and what we were looking to do as a comeback. Right. Um, I personally think COVID for the business was an amazing time to reset, um, to restructure, to figure out what we wanted to do in the next 10 years. I wouldn't have had these times because I was seriously a, like a mouse running on a treadmill. <laughs> like I didn't know where I was. I was here, there everywhere. And yeah, now I'm really focused on the business rather than in the business. And this was the first month that we have had the highest ratings since I think two years. So the first couple of months coming back into COVID, a lot of people were quite scared of having us in their house. And yeah. understandably, like, you know, they've been around COVID for a long time, then we're going to go into their house. So we, we knew that the, the numbers would be quite sl- slow. Um, but we've actually been able to work so hardly on our processes and procedures for the last couple of months, the last eight months, that this month was the highest month we've ever had. So the biggest month. Yeah. yeah. right. And it just shows what a bit of time giving to your business and changing a few little things can really do. So it sounds like once you, I guess, got your business in order and said, this is how many months we've got as leeway, then yep. it was about working on your business and yep. going, how can we adapt? How can we change? Yep. So when we come out of this, mm-hmm. we can have our biggest like, month ever. Yeah. And in COVID, I was like, okay, we've got to be as a team. We've got to focus on all the things that we want to make better. So we were thinking of opportunities to make the teeth whitening better so we've got now got scientists on board we're actually making the teeth whitening quicker more effective better and it's like we would never have done any of this if covid didn't come on so and that's because you were so like you said caught up in the rat race so caught up in the day-to-day of like you know what the next job is where i need to be what what plane i need to be on and essentially i don't need to be doing that what that's what it realized and we have now like yeah one of the one of the best teams we've ever had right um, yeah, uh, uh, that's fascinating. So you, you literally come out of COVID with better systems, better processes, probably a stronger team because you've gone through that together and yeah. you've had a record month. Yeah. And so many businesses have shut down and like completely, I understand, yeah. we almost did. We almost had to as yeah. well. But 
it was the time where you need to like look at what's going on and take the situation into a positive. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. You know, when you would have heard the news of, hey, your business no longer can trade and your expenses are still here and your income is now at zero. I cried on my EA, Jason's uh, on the shoulder. shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. But I think it's just the quick emotion of what is actually happening. And then when you actually look at it, you're like, it's not as bad as what people are going to say. You have to cut some things and you're going to have to make some very hard decisions. And some people are going to be very angry at you. Yeah. But everybody was on the same boat. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if someone didn't like, was not reciprocating with what we were saying, I was like, yeah, but you probably aren't on the same team as us anyway. Yeah, and I yeah, probably right. shouldn't have been working with them from the start. So what I actually realized is the people that stayed on and supported whilst we were going through a very hard time, now they've come out come out with us and they'll they'll grow with us. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, it wasn't just you guys going through COVID, it was no, everyone. everyone, everyone. Did you ever have the thought in your mind, you were like, I'm going to have to... I shut, shut this dream down? Um, no, I didn't. Yeah. I never had the thought. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how long it was going to be. And I didn't know how long the business could survive yeah. without... Um, without yeah. yeah. I, I thought about it. Like, yeah. I was like, how long am I going to last? <laughs> yeah. Because when you were growing, it's like you're spending yeah. so much money. And when you're earning a lot of money, you don't really think about what you're spending. Right? Exactly because right. You're like, oh, that's all right. Next week, I've got a big check yeah. coming in. But when that goes to zero, like real estate was very, very similar, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone was, you know, all guns blazing. All of a sudden now the, the, the arse end of the world is falling out. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. But sometimes a change is as good as a holiday and we probably needed it. Yeah, The expenses sure. is, are still low and, you know, the business has never been better. So what is that telling you? Yeah. Sometimes you're spending stupidly because you don't need to. Exactly. If you were to, um, I guess, go back Mm -hmm. to the start of the business, going through, how long has it been now? Seven or eight years? Yeah, seven years. Yeah. That's been a, I mean, it's not a massive journey, but it's long enough to have have some learnings out of that. Yeah. What would be your biggest takeaways going, wow, like if I was was to know everything I know now in 2020, in (laughs) September or October, and back then I would have a much different business or I would have a much better business. Like, do you ever think about that? Yeah. I think about it, but I think now I've been able to create another two companies from Sparkling White and they all kind of will be coming together sooner rather than later. Can you share any details? Um, one's a product company, okay. um, which is obviously making the teeth whitening a lot faster. And it's it's an inc- the most incredible thing. It's never been done before. Right. Um, and another one is I'm going into business with a dentist. Okay. So um, these ones would never have even came close to coming around if teeth whitening and we haven't put the hard yards into sparkling white and like me me and the dentist always look back now and we're like oh my god like why didn't we think of this seven years ago and she's like no but if we didn't have the name and the, the idea and the reputation behind us this these wouldn't even be possible so and the, and the people that I've met through it no I wouldn't change it yeah I was young and I was probably dumb and had no experience in business yeah. but I've learned a lot I definitely have and what would you say your biggest lessons have been? Like to where you are um, right now, even if it was just from COVID, yeah. like what do you think your, your biggest um, takeaways from business I think trusting people. Um, too much? A little bit too much. Right. Um, because, you know, when somebody helped me, I was like, oh my God, this person's really helping me. But what I didn't realize is they weren't there for the right reasons. And then you realize. So probably having a second opinion a little bit more. Right. Um, but yeah, I've been able to be around very good people now. Um, but younger people see you as... Young girl, she's got all the world at her feet. I can take her advantage of her. And I think 
it's not nice and I would never want it done to anybody, but I've learned the hard way. Right. Yeah. So you feel like there's been people in your life along the journey that have been there and you thought they were genuine, but they're yeah. because they got a vested interest in. Yeah. So, right. but that's all past and it's gone on now. So the new people that are in my business and all the advisors and all the lawyers and the accountants and everyone are amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. But you look back and you're like, oh my God, it's cost me an arm and a leg to get through those days. Yeah. So. So. I guess it's the biggest lesson I'm seeing out of this is like really, I guess, look at the people who are around mm-hmm. you, right? The people from day one who are with you all the way through the seven years, sure, mm-hmm. they could be genuine, but when the people jump on the bandwagon on the way through, yeah. really understand why they're there. Yeah. Uh, and been... get a second opinion on everything that you do. Have mentors and coaches been a big part of your journey? Like, um, I know only... you, like you said you're, you're good friends with Mark Boris. Yes, yes. So only recently, like within the last two years, right. I obviously started franchising and I always wanted to make the right decisions in that side of things. So I did get a franchising um, mentor and he owned um, uh, Mr. Wendy's. Right. He had like over... The ice cream business? Yeah. yeah right. um, and he had thousands yeah, 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 thousands and thousands of franchises. And excuse me, his, his advice is next to nothing. Like he's seriously, it's incredible on what he says. And yeah. A lot of the time we we will make decisions on emotion because we're so invested in like it's our baby like yeah. when you're so young and stuff so um but he will always go on the fact side of things and the logical side of things so that was very helpful and he made sure that my franchise agreement was looked over and he, all all those all those side of things which was really good um mark i went on his podcast uh just like yourself and then we obviously stayed in contact he helped me a lot through covid just to make sure, you know, making the right decisions. He's obviously got a lot of franchises as well. Yeah. Again, he was just all about facts. It was just facts. You gotta stay, you gotta stay on the fact side of things. And right now the emotion needs to go out of it. Yeah. And then um, I also have a personal development. Um, her name's Margie Hartley. She does a lot of mentoring for big corporations like um, Commonwealth Bank, like a lot of the bank kind of things. And right. she's uh, Janine Ellis. She kind she okay. she does all that kind of stuff with. Yep. Um, she's incredible for your personal development and like because you grow so quickly from like a young girl to to you know twenty seven year old and the media sometimes from put, a young girl to a young woman. <laughs> no, but the media can all, sometimes put you to be someone that you're completely not. And right. I used to go to people's houses and like you're a really nice girl, and I'm like, what do you mean I'm a really nice girl? What are you reading? Yeah. So it's like you just got to stay in your own lane, and she really makes sure that you do that, which is really good. I see them every now and then. It's just nice to have someone to bounce off. To have one so, in your corner. Yeah. Yeah. Just touching on what you mentioned there, have you? I mean, you, you've got an Instagram page with hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah. Like you said, you're, you're in the media. Has that impacted your mental health, do you think, at, at some point? I've always been really true to myself. Right. But, you know, some what people can read and what their, like, is it reputation or whatever it is yeah. and what they think of you. Sometimes they'll meet me like, oh, my God, you're so bubbly and so nice. <laughs> I thought you were going to be such a big... what Daily Mail says, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all it is. But, no, it doesn't, doesn't affect me. I... I didn't even know how to use social media, so I don't have no idea how I have five hundred thousand followers or whatever it you is. Did, you didn't. You weren't a social media person. I didn't even pre- know how to use it. Really? No, right. I didn't even have. The thing is, I didn't even have social media, my personal Instagram, until last year because I didn't. I didn't even want anyone to know anything. So right. I wanted to grow my brand before I grew myself. I didn't want to go off myself to grow my brand. So. Yeah, so then when my PR company was like, you need a personal social media, I'm like, what am I going to do with it? (laughs) 
So And social media has been probably a big foundation of your business, right? Yeah. You know, you, you've obviously used influencer marketing quite well and I guess yeah. started off Snapchat and yeah. then your Instagram and Facebook. Like, mm-hmm. So you weren't big on social media prior to business and it's just sort um, of... I no, it wasn't not big. I had a really good group of friends and we were all quite, you know, in that kind of crowd. But... Yeah. Um, I was never like, yeah, I didn't want a million followers. I couldn't have cared less about it because I'm like, that doesn't really get you anything. Whereas business got me a lot of things. So, and then it kind of just grew and grew and grew and I just wanted it to be authentic. But my personal Instagram actually sells more than the business page does. Really? It's so weird. Why do you think that is? I don't know. And I think it's because it is authentic. It's very authentic. And people probably think that you have so many followers on the main page that you might not even respond to them. Yeah. So that's why we actually did all the franchises, got their own Instagrams, and they all get a lot of of DMs and they get a lot of um, coverage through there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. So... Sparkling White Smile just obviously coming up one of its biggest months. Where where to from now? Where to now? <laughs> where to? Well, yeah. As I said, the new system's on its way out. Um, so we'll be definitely going down that aisle. It's going to be really exciting because it's never been done before. Um, and then we are, well, we had a lot of plans in January this year to go to America. It was really? pretty much all sorted to get there. Um, we would have been there right now. We wouldn't have been doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so it's, so it's, you're happy you're here right? <laughs> um, so yeah in the future definitely be expanding overseas so you plan to be an international business definitely yeah that's yeah, my wow. biggest goal um, we again that was a lot of um, a lot of planning and I wasn't going in I was taking everything that I did wrong in New, in Australia over to America because I wasn't going to get that wrong right and um, yeah it was a really exciting time but unfortunately that's been put on hold it's not a problem it yeah. can be in the future it's probably a good thing that you didn't expand over there earlier right? yeah because it would have been oh yeah every someone was looking over me not to yeah. t- not to go and I guess that's fascinating like just looking at that one thing we just mentioned there people would look at COVID and, and we spoke about it earlier as a bad thing. Like, so that's probably a blessing to you that you didn't Go expand overseas. a little bit earlier and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, COVID happened because it would have been a much bigger I couldn't agree more. Disaster. Couldn't agree more. Oh, would have been horrific. So, yeah, I'm, and I'm not in any hurry to go now. And I, I'm actually not in a hurry to do anything. I'm I'm very happy and content with what we're doing. Yeah. And then as time goes, COVID has taught me you can slow down and you can just go day by day and it's not it's not a race no one's going to what are they going to do yeah so just enjoy the journey yeah enjoy the journey take all the opportunities that you can take and yeah just enjoy it amazing i think this has been a very very inspiring podcast um but i think before we wrap up i usually give the the guest the opportunity to ask me a question sure it's good for content (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so if there's anything you want to know about me or any questions yeah so tell me about your future where is it all going Big question, very broad. <laughs> um, uh, my future. Look, I, I don't know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, I think this is probably similar to you. Like over the last 12 months, it's been a massive growth curve. And I guess the, what I looked at from January from what I look to now is like com- completely different. So I guess to answer the question and say, where does my future yep. go? Who knows, right? Because I, sure. in 12 months from now, it's going to be very, very different. But of course, you know, we've got some pretty big business plans in there in the pipeline that we'll be launching in January. So that's very exciting. 
Um, and then just being around good people, like you yeah. said, like being around genuine people who mm-hmm. make you better and then you also make better as well. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think from the exterior for someone looking in, it always looks cool that you're, you know, around popular mm-hmm. people or people with, with influence when it's not always the case. No. You know, I think it's always better to be around genuine people. I agree. Because uh, a lot of the time you have a much easier life. Yeah. Yeah. And you're happy and you're content and you know that nothing is happening the wrong way yeah exactly but i mean from the exterior like it always looks good if you're hanging around people that you know yep. at some sort of level but mm-hmm. um you can get mixed up in the wrong crowds and i agree you can start going on a wrong path because mm-hmm. you're, you're following something that you're not really true to i agree yeah well thank you for having me on your thank podcast you for coming it's been on. so much fun can thank you get me back <laughs>